Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, and we are live. Today we have with us Phil Palucha. Phil is a CEO of Billionaire in Billionaire in Boxers. He is empowering 1 billion entrepreneurs to achieve their success. He is also the CEO of Bib or Keep Smiling and is a top 100 global podcaster considered the next Napoleon Hill for podcasting. I love that line. Phil, thank you for hopping on the show today. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Uh, to get us started, why don't you tell everybody you know, who you are, what you do, and how you got started down that path in the first place? Yeah, sure. So um, thanks for the intro. So yeah, I'm a CEO and host of uh, Billionaires in Boxers and BIB TV, which is the TV station associated with that. Um, we describe ourselves as an authority broadcasting network. So essentially, that's a, a posh way of saying that if you're in business and you have a voice that people should be hearing and more people should know, like, and trust you, we give you a stage and a platform and a, and a, and a, a sort of an ability to be able to do that. Um, and the honest answer is it, it started almost in a way that I, I never would have anticipated, I guess. Um, I'd been involved in sports broadcasting for about 10 years uh, in terms of the fan side of podcasting. It was just becoming a thing for fans to be creating alternative forms of content. And I grew and sold two sports podcasting networks. And then I was working in the corporate world while this was happening. I decided enough's enough. I want to go and set up on my own and go and do this by myself. Uh, and rather naively kind of thought the phone's just going to ring off the hook, you know, and all these people know who I am. So the phone's just going to ring and it just didn't happen. I had a real roller coaster business for a few months of, you know, one month I'm billing next month. I haven't got a clue where my next client's coming from. Um, but I'd made money in podcasting for about five years from a sports capacity at this point. So I was, was curious to see whether I could do the same again when it came to podcasting. So really basic strategy. I just made a list of the top 100 companies that I would want to work with. I'm, invited each of their CEOs onto a podcast to talk about two things. Number one, themselves, because everybody loves to talk about themselves. And number two, <laughs> their business, right? Because that's what they're paid to talk about. So I did that. And within the next quarter, I'd had to grow my team from just me sat on my kitchen counter to now having 25 people full-time delivering for me globally because we had more clients than we knew what to do with. Wow. The next things that start coming from there is they're then recommending other people that you should speak to. And I'm not yep. selling them anything at this point. This is purely relationship building. This is if you spend 30 minutes doing a pre-call with somebody and then 30 to 60 minutes with them again during a podcast, you're going to know whether you resonate with them or not. And yep. they're going to know whether they resonate with you or not. And the amount of conversations that instead of starting with you pitching what you do, that once you're doing it this way, start with, we should do business together. And then there's a discussion about what you do. It's just a complete switch. 
Um, so that was why we started doing what we did. I mean, I, I did it to grow two two businesses uh, from scratch, and they were very successful businesses, one in recruitment and one in advertising and marketing, particularly VR marketing. Um, and I was having more people come to me and say, hey, could you, uh, could you teach me the podcast bit? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that's the bit I'm really interested in. Because um, by this point, you know, I'd always misunderstood how the media worked. I think is an important thing to say. Like I kind of always thought you had to know someone or your dad had to be someone or, you know, otherwise you were never going to get that break. And the reality of it is that a lot of the time they just use Google and social media to go and search keywords and see who's influential and then ask them for a quote. So if you are being seen alongside, you know, the, what's where the Napoleon Hill for podcasting thing came from? Cause I didn't care if anybody was listening to these podcasts. I was building relationships up with key people in my industry mm-hmm. that I was fascinated to learn from. So I was learning, I was growing and I was doing business with them. So more fool anybody else for not listening to it kind of thing. <laughs> um, but people were more interested in, in how they used it to build that authority and how they used it to global, you know, network globally and build those relationships with people. I mean, how valuable is it to have an hour of the time of a CEO of one of your dream clients? I mean, there are very few circumstances that can give you that outside of media and podcasting. Um, so that's where it came from. There was a, a demand from, from people that I knew almost to say, teach us how to do it. Then the next level of our business came, which was a done for you service. And that came about because people would say, it's a great idea. I'd love to do it. I just don't have time. You know, if you could do it for us, that would be great. So it was like, well, okay, then we'll do it for you. Sign, <laughs> <laughs> call it good. Let's do this. Um, no, that, that's awesome. And I mean, your story kind of resonates with me because, uh, you know, my main business is actually real estate. I do real estate investing and, um, I started my, my first podcast, which is the real estate investing club. I started that just because I wanted to network with other real estate investors, Mm -hmm. people that were farther along the journey than I was. Um, and it worked. I mean, I got to sit with guys who, who had, you know, they'd closed 32,000 doors, which is absurd. I mean, that's, it's an absurd number. And so I got to, you know, chat with them for an hour and, uh, and, and go for it that way. And then I just decided to create this one because I, you know, I enjoyed podcasting. So, um, one thing that I, I don't, I never looked at podcasting as a way to make, you know, a revenue stream. Oh, it was good um, ways of making money from podcasting. Only 20% yeah. of people in the market ever make any money from podcasting, according to the official stats. But once you understand the different elements that can be monetized and stop just looking at it as a, uh, well, do I charge my audience or do I charge my guest? It's like, no, that's that's nuts. Like you don't do either of those things. I mean, you might be able to charge your guest later on down the line as you've grown a network to kind of come and subscribe privately. But you've got to be pretty ballsy to do that. I mean, it's one of the strategies that I'm not particularly fond of. Um, unless yeah, you have a huge private charge a guest. No, I don't think I do that. No, I will. I'd never charge a guest, but I certainly, I mean, you know, but when it comes to the audience, like my attitude, and this is why I started making money from podcasting really early on was I was like, well, we have a sports podcast that we're spending 160 bucks on a month to run. Right. So it's costing us money at this point, but we have like 10,000 listeners aged between 18 and 35 that are male demographic that support this football club and have disposable income. Having just come from the world of marketing, you telling me there's nobody that would find that list interesting. Um, So it was then a case of, okay, well, who would want to speak to that audience? And then it was just a case of, I always say the same thing. I don't sell anything. I just introduce, I just introduce concepts. I just say to the sponsor, Hey, there's this show that does this and they have this audience. Could that be helpful for you? And they go, yes, let me give you some sponsorship money and some advertising. How do you want to do this? Um, 
And when it resonates, it resonates. So there are loads of ways of making money through podcasting, but I primarily through my, my careers have used it for business development, authority building, and candidates. So talent research and talent acquisition, uh, talent management and things, because I always say the same thing, which is the best candidates, like the best employees in a company don't have a great day at work, go home and then start looking for jobs and updating their resume. That's not what happens, you know, but what they do is continuous professional development. They want to learn, they want to be inspired. So they're continually listening to the kind of people that I'm interviewing on my podcast for their sector so that they can learn more about them. So now I'm perfectly positioned to be talking to the top performers in companies that most recruiters would never even get a sniff back from because they're not interested in a job. But when they resonate with something and it speaks to them or it's on the same level or causes them, you better believe they pick up that phone and let you know. I love it. No, that that makes absolute sense to me. In fact, uh, I remember one of the first podcasts um, that I listened to. uh, Shoot, why am I forgetting the name? Uh, entrepreneurs on fire is John Lee Dumas. And, uh, I I listened to his podcast and I loved it. And I was like, man, I should reach out to him and see if I can get a job with him. Never did, but the thought crossed my mind. (laughs) Yeah. And so it makes, uh, makes complete sense. Um, so going in, I mean, you know, people listening and watching, they, uh, you know, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, people maybe just starting Mm -hmm. out or maybe wanting to start. Um, so, you know, Podcasting itself can be its own business model, but as you said, Mm -hmm. it's also an authority builder. Um, It's really good to augment a current business, something that you already run. Um, So kind of go into that side of things. If someone wanted to launch a podcast to help their business, Mm -hmm. what are the steps that you would recommend they take and, uh, and kind of what are um, the, the, you know, industry best practices down that road? Good question. Um, I think if you wanted to start a podcast to, to grow your business, I would start by setting really clear objective as to what you actually want from this thing. And if you're going to get disappointed that you haven't got a thousand downloads in the first month, you know, it's probably not going to be for you. You know, you have to be realistic, but you know, think about, think about it in terms of different currencies. So I used to think about it in terms of if I can get five calls booked with CEOs from my dream companies, for example, in a month, that's five opportunities for me to sell. I'm pretty confident I can close at least two or three of those. Here we go. This is going to be good. So it's about having that roadmap because if you, without sounding cliche, if you don't know where you're going, you're not going to know when you get there. Um, so you kind of have to have a bit of a plan in place, but I would start by podcast guesting. I mean, there are tons of, uh, even Facebook groups out there. There's matchmaker.fm. There's loads of places that you can go to find shows who are looking for guests, go and guest first, you know, go and get a feel for diff- the way different people, um, present the way that they host the way that the it, it's structured the kind of questions is it free flow is it an hour is it 15 minutes is it like, which what's resonating with you and you know see what feels best and go with that um, but a great way to do that i mean i often with my clients use the analogy of like a comedian will go to a comedy club and they'll listen to other performers to get inspired but then they'll also test their new material on the same kind of comedy club audience Kevin Hart's a great example. He does uh, an open mic night and he'll do this set. And the joke that gets the most laughs goes into his like golden bag of jokes. And once he's got enough of them, he does another live tour, world tour, where he goes and just presents those jokes. So podcasting is a great way of doing that. Like you can start appearing on other people's shows to start getting that dynamic and see how that works. But, um, you know, Ultimately, I think the most important thing would be just to start. I mean, so many people put all these things in their mind as to why they can't do something or it's not the right time right now or you know, maybe it's too late already or there's loads of things that you can put in place as to why you shouldn't do it. But the reality is that 
you and I both know your viewers and, and watchers and, and listeners will know this. It only takes one relationship and that door opens and then suddenly everything just kind of flows from there. I mean, how many times has that already happened in your life so far? You can think about somebody that you meet and they just instantly become really important. I now get to work with some of the world's greatest entrepreneurs and mentors. I get to, you know, best-selling authors and people who mentor Steven Spielberg and uh, like all this crazy stuff that I never would have imagined would happen. I mean, Marie Diamond, she's, she's an absolute gem of a woman and superstar, but she, um, she's from the secret movie, which reached obviously like 500 million people. She's like one of the world's aftermost Feng Shui experts. Marie came on my show. We got on like a house on fire. I'm sure she won't mind me sharing. She's, she's been one of the best people to book guests for my show that I've ever had anywhere <laughs> That's near me. funny. I've had guests like that too. I'm like, damn, I got like 10 guests from you. How yeah. is that possible? She's like, he's like the best selling author for this. And he's going to, this person's keynote speaking at this event next week that they're, they're, they're not doing interviews, but I told them that your podcast was good. I mean, just, just this morning I had Bob Doyle, who also is from the secret Bob Doyle's people emailed me this morning and were like, Hey, we'd love Bob to come on the show. This would be great. This is madness. These people are approaching me. Like I remember messaging Tony Robbins and never hearing back, you know, it was, <laughs> it's, it's just the way things go, but it's, it, it opens so many doors. So what I would say about just starting is, you know, even if you just do two podcasts a month, that's two more opportunities than you have right now to find that person. Absolutely. No, that that's, uh, that's awesome. And yeah, I, I've had, um, I don't know. It's funny how you're right. Once once you just get one relationship or maybe even one just mm -hmm. experience, it's funny how things just kind of flow. Um, you could be like putting your, pushing your head against the wall for so long. And then all of a sudden just the, the heavens open for you and you're just kind of going down a path. So I, I, love, uh, I love how life works that way. Um, so going down, we're going to continue down this podcast path. Um, you mentioned, uh, you know, it takes a while for this to happen. Don't you? So you do need to get started. That's the, the most important yes. thing is just to get started, get something out there um, and then mitigate your expectations. Know what you can actually expect, um, you know, going into this. So mm -hmm. give people an idea of expectations. You know, if they were to start a podcast, um, let's give an example. I come from the real estate world. So I'm going to use yep. this. Um, let's say there is an investor or an agent who wants to start a podcast for their company. Yes. What can they expect in the first, you know, six months? What, what, what are the, the things that they should be expecting in terms of um, growth? I'm probably about to hype them back up again, unfortunately, um, <laughs> because you can expect quite a bit of growth because you're having some really important key conversations and building it with important people that the, the challenge has to be the consistency of and levels that you put into it. You can't do six one month and then two the next and then just keep going up and down because it's almost like an accumulative thing. Once this starts to build, it, it builds really well. I have a question that I call the magic question of podcasting, which is for everybody I've resonated with. I always say, who else do you know that could help me with this? Each guest and each introduction ends up turning into three or four more introductions to people that I also resonate with who came really highly recommended because of who their friend is. That friend is now the mutual connection. So as well as my credibility, I now have their borrowed credibility for the introduction and good things just flow from there. I mean, like I had the, this guy, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, he's a CEO of one of the major banks down in Africa. I, he was such a nightmare to try and pin down in terms of an appointment. We kept canceling on each other and it was a pain. Eventually we got this, this call on and he comes on and he said, I'm so glad that we both persisted to get this call done. I listened to so many of your podcasts. I already feel like I know you so well. So let's just get down to it. How can we work together? 
And it was like, oh, well, this is like the easiest pitch in the world. Like, um, <laughs> okay, here's what I think we should do. And this is what it should look like. Okay, great. Let's do it. Um, but it's, it's, you can expect quite a lot provided you put the effort into it. You get into it, what you get out of it, what you put into it. Um, but I would start by saying, like you did, think about the people who you want to learn from. So that list of a hundred, for example, okay, that list could be split into 25, right? So it could be 25 people that you'd really love to learn from. It could be 25 people who already do what you do in other areas or in other countries or perhaps better. Um, it might be 25 influencers that you want to learn to speak with or 25 event organizers who organize exhibitions and events that are important in your industry. And then it might be a 25 clients that you would love to work with or developments that you'd really like to get the exclusive with the developers on or whatever this would be. I mean, there was, I had a real estate business for a while on the side and because I'm a surveyor by trade, that's, that's my background. Oh, wow. Um, that's great. I'm a valuation <laughs> surveyor. I'm actually Rick's qualified valuation surveyor, um, which is <laughs> bizarre. Um, but I, I had a business on the side and it was a nice little cash count. And all, literally this is, I swear to God, this is no way to lie. They get money. All, all I was doing was going to developers interviewing them about their upcoming developments, mm. then telling them, you know, I've worked across the agency world for a long time. I know a lot of agents. We know a lot of investors. And the most common thing that developers would say to you is agents drive us crazy. Brokers drive us crazy. They all say the same things and we don't know who's good and who's just really good at selling themselves. So we, you put this almost like your newborn baby in the hands of this broker and say, there you go, you go and represent it. And some of them will do a good job and some of them won't. And it's really hard to know who's who. So I, I saw an opportunity and I said, well, I recognize who's who. I've been working in that industry for a long time. I know who's good and who's not and, and who's talking nonsense and who isn't. That's from just even just the recruitment side. You can tell who's, who's talking fluff and who's not. So I said, well, what if I introduced you? So what they do is they give me like three or 4%. I'd then go and give an agent one or 2% or 3% of the deal. They'd sell it. I'd get my, my percent, my 2%. Um, and everybody was happy because I just acted as the broker. And I got right. access to all these incredible developments just by interviewing developers and saying, talk to me about your projects. <laughs> the broker, two brokers. That's, a, that's pretty meta. It's, but it worked just so well. I mean, that's, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? We're, we're currently uh, on a podcast talking uh, on a podcast about podcasting and how so yeah I, i'm i'm totally with you um but i think it, i think it works i i i uh i enjoy a good podcast discussion on a podcast about podcasts exactly it reminds me of inception yeah absolutely um, well hey i gotta i gotta cut us off though because this is a 20 minute podcast and we are past 20 minutes um so i'm gonna push us into the quick question round, which is where I ask you quick questions. You give me quick answers. Starts with books. Um, I'm a big bookie. So yes. give me two book recommendations. One for the topic you're talking about, either podcasting or business. The other yes. one for just general life wisdom. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. That's probably not a surprise that I'm using that one. I absolutely yep. love that book. Um, and then one that's probably a little bit left field is a guy called Daniel Priestley. He did a book called The Entrepreneur Revolution. Uh, it's essentially about changing from the mindset of an industrial revolution, move to the city, get a job, stay there for the rest of your life until you die to a bit more kind of boutique and entrepreneur minded. You can work with anyone from anywhere. Wow. That sounds awesome. I'm going to check that it's out. It's a great book. He's an awesome guy too. So I would definitely check it out. Here's this, cool. That's the first one in a series of four, I think. And they're all fantastic. Cool, cool, cool. 
Um, on to the next question, and this is habits. Uh, habits form the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one habit that you feel um, has contributed the most to where you are today, what would that habit be? Meditation, undoubtedly. Um, I was very hyperactive as a child, and my grandmother introduced me to transcendental meditation when I was probably about seven or eight years old. Um, I did it again when I was 12 and got a new mantra and then did it again when I was about 17, 18 uh, and got my adult mantra. So it's been a big part of my life all the way through. Um, yeah, absolutely. Meditation. No, no question. I love that. You got started early. I'm kind of jealous. I wish somebody introduced me. Oh, I was blessed. You know, it was, my mom thought it was hooky kooky stuff. And my nan was like, "Mm -mm, I did this stuff in the sixties. Like I'm going to teach you how to do this stuff. (laughs) Shit is Um, old. It works. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, awesome. Next question. Um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. The next question. So if you could go back to Phil, who was just, uh, just getting out of college or high school, whichever one it may be for you, get Mm -hmm. that Phil, put him in a chair, look him in the eye and give him one piece of advice moving forward. What would that be? Don't go to university. (laughs) It was just a very expensive few years. Nothing more because you still have to learn about the industry when you get out anyway. So yeah, don't go to university. That would be my yeah. advice to myself. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I uh, had the same experience. So um, on to the last question, and this one's for the listeners. You've given us a lot of uh, you know good pieces of advice um, to, to take into our own lives. So if someone wanted, wanted to reach out and get in contact with you and say hi, what would be the best way for them to do that? Head over to billionairesinboxers.com. Um, or indeed, just check out my name on Google. I have a really uh, SEO-friendly surname. So my surname is P-E-L-U-C-H-A. So Phil Palucha, check it out on Google. And there's plenty of ways to contact me on there. I'll be happy to have a chat. I love talking about podcasting. So come and hit me up. Perfect. And I will put those URLs in the show notes. So if you guys want to reach out to Phil, um, just click below and, uh, and say hi. Um, again, Phil, thanks. Thank you for hopping on. I had a blast. Um, for everybody who is on this episode with us today, thank you guys for showing up because we could not do this without you. Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic week. Keep living your best life, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some actionable advice and insights that you can apply to your own life today. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, the best way to do so would just be to subscribe to the show and share this episode with your friends and your family. If you'd like to learn more about how to master your life by mastering your health, wealth, relationships, and spirit, head on over to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. That said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Keep living in integrity with yourself, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.